previously on the Natural Lifestyles podcast. What do we get out of the squeeze of needing to learn the skill of cold approach? It's sexual relationships, right? Where sex is a component, maybe a very large component of it, or like even primary component in the relationship, there is a mutual attraction, that there is a respect, that there is a polarity, a feminine masculine dynamic. It's not only about man being tough, masculine, dominant, women being submissive, serving, devotional, feminine. It's that we get to blend and play with these aspects, that a woman's femininity may bring out some of our own vulnerability and ability to feel and be intimate. My dominance and power over her may then bring her into a state of relaxed, accepting submission where she gets to get out of her head and really be in her womanly nature, right? There's so much to that dynamic. It's not about doing it just for the woman. It says to me, these men don't know what it's like to be with a woman who wants you to feel amazing. It works both ways. Not because I want to simp to women and, you know, bow down at the altar of femininity and hope that they're going to give me something in return. It's for a selfish reason and a selfless reason. One is I feel like a boss. I feel powerful when I'm in command of a woman. And it's not about domineering. It's not that I don't let her do anything. It's like, I know what I'm doing. I know how to lead this experience into something that is awesome and pleasurable for both of us. And her responses to that amplify me feeling like a fucking God. I like to see women having pleasure. I like to make them feel good. And if if you think about that statement and you've got some glitch in there. It's like, I don't want to make a woman feel good. What's going on behind that? Because if you didn't want to make a woman feel good, it might feel like it's a zero sum game. If she feels good, I feel worse. If I put this effort into giving this stuff to her, I'm now more in a more powerless position. This is not accurate and not healthy to think that way. Most women, if you communicate to them in the bedroom, are on your side. Men and women often have horror stories about feeling ashamed or feeling like a loser or feeling unwanted sexually primarily when people don't communicate when it's just unspoken and the you know let's say the guy couldn't get it up i remember this and he doesn't say anything and the girl thinks well it's because i'm fat or i'm ugly or there's something wrong with him maybe he's gay or something and she either takes it on board herself or projects it on the guy and then there's said something like what's the problem which is the worst thing you can say to a man who's having trouble getting it up, right? He's like, oh, no problem. Oh, now there is a problem. And this feedback loop happens and then there's an awkward experience and maybe either or both people walk away from that feeling bad about it or having an attitude about men or women about it. When I started just talking to girls and saying, hey, when I'm with a new partner, sometimes I feel a bit nervous and so it's, I, I don't get it up instantly. So can we just take it a little slowly or let's have a break or don't stress about it, it'll change. It solved the problem, right? Because then the woman was on my side. Then she was like, oh, okay, cool. Can I help? Or what do you need me to do, right? Because it wasn't about her being fat or me being gay or whatever. It was about, this is not an easy thing necessarily for a man sometimes to get it up on command. And she wants you to, and she wants you to feel good and she wants you to feel turned on. And so she wants to engage and help to create that awesome juice between you two. Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Right. So you need to catch up. And, and, and it's not about, you know, a competition of who's better or worse. It's like you need to be able to learn those skills. And the best way I've found to do that is a mixture of building your social circle, which includes men and women, lifestyle design, social circle stuff, and going and meeting women in everyday situations over and over and over again until that's second nature to you until, well, and until you get the results, which is that you got a girlfriend now or you're dating some girls. And then if you become single again, which you will, that you don't then have two years 
of enforced celibacy, which the best you can do is try and find an ideological justification for your loneliness, frustration and depression and the other things that relate to not getting laid ever and, and by a woman that wants to be in bed with you. Again, if you can live without that, all power to you. There will be some people to whom that is fine. Their, their art form, their spirituality, their work or something else supersedes that. They can transmute their sexual energy into something else. Fine. Most men, you know. Are you that guy? Probably not. You're the guy that's like, I would, I would really like a certain amount of sex in my life. And how much is it? It's weekly. Like what's the amount of sex that you should be able to, that satisfies a man? That will be different for sure, but it won't be much different. It will be, a, it will be the difference between five times a week and once a week. It won't be once a month, once every six months, once a year, like, you know, going skiing or going hiking or something. Like I, I like going hiking, you know, a few times a year. And I, and I could live with it with with the with or without it, whereas I couldn't live without sex, you know, once a week at least. Uh, I mean, occasionally I will personally take out a block of time a month to go into a spiritual retreat, where I choose celibacy for a specific reason, which is that I want to refocus my energy or I, I want to just forget about women for a while, various other reasons. But outside of that, like there's a there's a certain amount of sex that you know you would ideally like. Like if if you could just go out in the street and go, do you want some sex? And she's like, yep. How often would that be? It would probably be daily, right? <laughs> or or fair, quite often. So if, you, if you're not able to get sex in, and, and when I say sex, I always mean sex plus something. Again, not just a cold experience with a hooker who doesn't give a shit about you and is like watching the clock and you her. I'd say that's not usually very satisfying. It's the, like the woman that wanted, wants to be with you, whether it's for a night, a bunch of nights, something which has emotional aspects to it but is more friendship or which dives deeper into you know real pair bonding oxytocin and serotonin mixtures and falling in love which is like another level of that kind of experience all of those things can be exceptionally nourishing and and if you have none of those things as a man you're going to feel lonely you're going to feel you know left out you're not you're unlikely to feel like you're at the top of your game or that you are as masculine and as fulfilled as a man as you could be and so therefore if you if you agree with that and you acknowledge it you're going to have to learn how to juice it right and if it takes 500 approaches to get that locked in that can still be done in in a few months so what cool have two or three hundred women in your life go oh no thanks or sorry i've got a boyfriend or um and experience that get a bit of a thick skin around it recognize it's not because you're a it's just it's just the it's just the numbers you just got to crunch the numbers and the skill set increases, the numbers get better. They never get amazing, but they get definitely good enough that it's absolutely worth doing. Yeah, I mean, I know when I'm single, I can meet a girl quickly. I mean, I can meet a girl, I can get on a date today. I've proven that over and over again to myself and to others. I land in a city, I can you know, be on a date today or tomorrow, no problem. Right, so that's, that's, a, that's an extremely freeing knowledge. It means that I don't have to stay in a relationship that's shit. It means I don't have to experience long periods of loneliness and celibacy. It means that when I choose to interact with women, I get a choice about what type of woman that I have, right? It's not just the one that chose me in a social circle. It's that like, cool, I get a spread, which means that if I choose to move into any type of relationship, I'm not doing it out of scarcity. I'm doing it out of like, out of these number, I choose this one to change the relationship into a more serious dynamic, for example, which has extrapolations throughout your life. This skill set is not just about like getting laid a bunch, 
like racking up a bunch of lays in your 20s or something like that. That's often an aspect because dudes in their 20s are horny and don't want to get married yet. So they want to rack up a bunch of lays. They want to have a threesome. They want to have sex with a bunch of different types of girls. Natural, normal, fair enough. Don't judge it. Go for it. Get it out of your system or don't. <laughs> like it's not, not, it's not that I'm saying that's the way you should be forever. I'm an outlier. Most of my friends are outliers. Our lifestyles won't work for everybody. I've you know, absolutely not. I'm not trying to create clones of guys who endlessly do pickup. Because remember, it's also my job. I, I've spent way more time doing it than would be reasonable for someone who also had another full-time job, right? Like, you know, if I was also a full-time engineer and an athlete, then yeah, I wouldn't have put as much time into this and I wouldn't have had as big numbers or as big, you know, results probably. But I still would have been able to choose my mates, choose my dates, choose my relationships. So, I feel it's imperative, like you're gonna to have to do this one way or another. We know the apps don't work on average. Some, for some guys they work, in some countries they work better and worse. Some demographics better and worse. On average they don't work. Your social circles have atomized and been obliterated in the last generation or two, not because of feminism, because of technology, because of uh, geolocations, because of broad economic changes, but mainly because of the internet. Like mainly because we spend so much time on screens instead of hanging out with friends, family, communities. Yeah, people are you know less tied to their to their original cultures for various reasons. For all those reasons, okay, we can't fight or change any of those reasons unless you okay, sure, go and become an Amish person or join a join a, a very conservative old school community, and maybe you can find someone within within that and live like old school values. All power to you. But for most guys out there, you know, we're, we're not extremists of any type not the guys that watch these videos anyway. We just want to bring good, sexy women who don't do our heads in into our life. And we want to have a woman who comes and sucks our cock every day and doesn't and we don't have to bargain for it. Who wants me who you know who wants you to bend her over and, and bang her often, who treats you like a god in the bedroom, who is devoted to you, whether or not that's a monogamous relationship or whether it's for one night. That's that's the kind of thing I would say that I want and probably most men want. So we're going to have to just deal with the squeeze. Adding ex all those extra layers of ideology on top of it, sure, they might be interesting as intellectual exercises or to like look at broad scopes in humanity, but they're, they're, there's a lot of cherry-picked statistics in order to prove certain points. Um, a lot of it is anecdotal. A lot of it is based around very visible people. Like if we see very visible chads or very visible Instagram models that everyone you know talks about or associates with we can remember that's a very tiny percentage of any population and also a, quite, a, quite a small percentage of very beautiful women because not all and not a majority of beautiful women present themselves as instagram models or as like only fans girls or girls who are like front facing as beautiful to the world like there's plenty of other girls who are beautiful and just don't do that i've met many of them they don't have instagram they don't do social media. They did it for a while. They realized how, how bad it made them feel. Or they did that. Like most girls only club for two, three years, right? Like the idea that they, oh, they're all out on the cock carousel banging, you know, a hundred dudes until they're 35, until they hit the wall or something. It's like, whose story is that? Like there's some, there are some women who, to whom that might be their story. Most women that I've met who are beautiful, and I met a lot of them, I either meet them during their clubbing thing before it or after it. And for the most part, they spend a couple of years going out heaps, enjoying the attention, the shiny things, the free drinks, 
some of them, you know, go on to the VIP versions of that, the free trips and the modeling around the world and the boats and the yachts and all that kind of shit. And even those hardcore party animals only do it for five years. Most girls like dabble in that kind of stuff for a couple of years until they realize like it was fun and shiny, but ultimately pointless as anyone who's ever gone to clubs for any period of time knows. I've done plenty of time in, in, in clubs, especially early days when I was teaching. The fact that I often was getting paid to teach there made it, made it worth it to me. But in all other metrics, I mean, I had a bunch of fun nights with friends, but so many nights were pointless. It's, it's, most people realize that going to clubs uh, doesn't yield much over time. And so girls do it for a little bit of time and then they quit and they do other stuff. They're sick of, you know, feeling hungover or dealing with drunk guys at 2am or grabby guys or going or female competition and gossip and all that, that kind of stuff. All that hierarchy, kind of cynical, intense sexual market competition that goes on within certain types of clubs. That's not where most women spend most of their social time. They have lives, they study, they have jobs, they have friends, they go for walks, they have a dog, you know, this kind of stuff. And so that's where you can meet them. And you don't have to become a club animal and have to claw your way to the top of the Chad scene by getting jacked and getting status and money and muscles or whatever. You need to be able to competently go and make a woman feel good around you. And not just in a friendly way, of course, but in a sexy way. And when she does, if you, if you have the ability to look her in the eyes, to communicate with her with depth, to touch her in such a way that she feels like a little lamb in your hands, to be able to fuck her like a god which doesn't require having a 12-inch cock or fucking for hours. It does require being able to control your arousal state, to be able to last longer, to be able to communicate with a woman, to be able to figure out her particular anatomy and her arousal state, to be able to discuss fantasies with her in an open and non-judgmental way and explore them with her if, if, they're, if they're ones that are within your, like, within your hard limits, let's say. Then you're going to get to see what a woman can really bring to you. I would say almost nothing makes a man feel more like a man than a devoted woman. Whether she's devoted for life or she's devoted for tonight, the, the feelings will be similar and amplified the more that she's, you know, the more that she's devoted to you. And you're only going to get that out of a woman if you can give that to her. If you hold these resentful, adversarial attitudes about women and you don't want to give her pleasure, you don't want to give her anything because it's simping, because it's power, you think, perceive that it makes you powerless, then she won't give back. It's just... It's just the way that humans operate, right? We give, we take, we receive, we allow in, with, in negotiated deals, let's say, with people that we love, respect, are attracted to and so on and trust. And if I go in with these adversarial attitudes, then I'm going to set that war up. Of course, I'm not saying being naive. I'm not, I'm not blue pill in the sense that I think all women are princesses, can do no wrong, that they're sweet and lovely and so on. No, I've, I've seen women be extraordinarily malicious, you know, take revenge, cheat on people, lie, do awful and nasty things. I've seen women do that around the same amount as I've seen men do that to women and to men and vice versa. Yes, humans can be cruel. Humans can be nasty. Women can absolutely lie and cheat and do all those things. Women can monkey branch and jump from one guy to the other, but they don't all the time, not most all the time. And I think a lot of this, a lot of these attitudes tend to be from men who can't handle women. I'm going to put that out there. I don't get treated like shit by women. I don't have them nag me. I don't have them cheat on me. I don't have them, have them cause me all sorts of dramas. Whereas I did when I was younger, not all of them, but, but I had more of that because I didn't know how to handle women. I didn't know how to put my foot down. I didn't know how to make her respect me. And, and I didn't know how to fuck her well enough that I was enough. These days, I don't have those problems because 
I, I don't allow them to happen. And yeah, I met, and me, I meet sometimes women who are brats, who are bitchy, who are selfish, who are rude, not because they're women, just because that's the type of human that they have become or chosen to be. And I figure that out, out very early and then I remove them from my life. Not because they're women, but because it's a toxic person to me anyway. Right. So of course you need to be judicious. You need to be able to judge people on their own merits. Absolutely. I wouldn't be judging her on her sexual desire or her fantasies or even on her sexual past. I mean, I know a lot of guys can't handle a girl who's banged a few dudes or banged 20 or whatever, but pretty girls who are social are going to have sex with a dozen or 14 if they're Turkish or 13 if they're Australian. But really I'd say the numbers are much higher for very attractive social women often because there's more people trying to have sex with them. And so they just say yes more often than the girls that have less guys wanting to have sex with. In any case, yeah, the juice ain't worth the squeeze if it's done from a position of like a zero-sum game. If it's like, well, all I get out of the girl after all this effort is a few minutes of like sex, which I could have got from a prostitute anywhere, I could have jerked off, or the AI is going to be so good soon that I can fuck my like, you know, digital robot or whatever. Maybe that will be the case and maybe that will change everything. Who knows? Maybe I really will be a dinosaur when the, the Japanese come out with the perfect sex robot. But until that day, and I doubt it will replace human intimacy completely, but until that day, I will be looking at what are your personal options and what is the cost of holding on to these ideas because it's a cost to you, no one else, really no one else. And, and what do you get out of it? Like a support community maybe of men who like agree with you. Yeah, but they're not like, who are they? Like are they guys you hang out with that you trust that are your core tribe or are they people who are getting together to to complain about a certain thing and look it's good to have support groups sometimes to complain about things like I'm totally down with someone who feels depression to like find a a support group where people talk about depression and, and like go through it and and sometimes that's just venting and you know showing like I'm really down and people are there with you and understand why you're down and so on like I think these kinds of support networks are good for being able to express things, but when they define you, and then when you have a global ideology attached to it that defi- that like explains all of the world or all of politics or all of men and women, then you're locked into that. Now you're an ideologue who sacrificed your sexual life for some kind of idea which is not really compatible with the way men and women actually operate. So there's some thoughts for you. The juice, like if you haven't had the good juice yet, Well, I know it's kind of hard to take it on faith, right? Like I'm like, trust me, when women go wild in bed and you're good in bed, you're going to feel like a fucking golden god and nothing compares to it. If you haven't experienced that, well, then you could just say, well, yeah, that's your opinion, man. It's my opinion based on my personal continual experience for decades. Like once I crossed the threshold from being inept in bed, which was only after a couple of girlfriends, right? Like it doesn't take to be better than most men. It requires communication learning about female anatomy. If you want to take it to next levels and learn cool tricks and amazing techniques, come and learn them from me or learn them from other sources or learn them from a woman who knows what she's doing or can explain what she wants. And then you'll amplify that. You'll become an unforgettable lover by putting in, you know, it's, it would be absurd to even put time. It's like oh, putting in ec- you know, extra hours. It's like more having more sex and communicating. So enjoying yourself sexually and getting more of it and becoming loose and fun and communicative about it means that you'll continue to get exponential rewards that keep getting better and better, right? Like it's a pretty amazing, actually, when we look at it, like of the things we could put effort into and the returns that we get, it's if we just drop our ego and don't worry about if like we fuck it up to start with, then it's fun from beginning to end. It gets better and better. And it was, even when it was not that great, it was still pretty hot, right? Like that's, 
I would say that's a realm worth studying, even if it was just a hobby, which is not. It's not a hobby. It's a survival skill. It's a, it's a skill that will relate to what kind of women you're able to keep around and that will be in relationships with you and how much they will respect you, how much they will be devoted to you, how much they will wish to please you, how happy they will be, and therefore how happy you will be, right? These, these are massive things and can be, it's not the only thing, you know, sex isn't the only thing, of course. And I know I'm skewed. <laughs> I know that like my emphasis on sexuality and sex is unusual, right? Like in terms of, especially for someone of my age and to have been, you know, specializing this for so long. I'm not saying that you all need to spend your life being a sex guy like me. I've done it so, so that you don't have to. But that, yeah, being competent and enjoying and being experimental and then becoming excellent at it will be one of the things that means that you have end game confidence. So it means that when you go and meet women, you already know. Like when I meet a woman, I know if you choose to come home with me, that will be one of the best decisions of your life. Now, I can't tell her that in advance. I can't convince her of that. Just so you know, babe, if you choose to come home with me, it's going to be what's, that would be the worst thing I could say. It would be so arrogant. But I know it. I know it's true. And, when, and, and so there's a look, like there's a way that I operate, which is just like, I got you. It, it, you'll be such, it'll be so silly of you not to do this. Oh, you chose to? Good girl. You are going to enjoy this. That influences the way I am as a seducer. Everything that I do is linked to that end game confidence that I know when I get you in bed, I'm going to rock your world. And, and women can smell it. Like w- women do know, they perceive from the way you touch her lower back, the way you look at her, the way you kiss her for the first time. The way you lead her by the hand, the way you, if you take a bra, bra off with one hand without making, and it just falls off, right? Which is not a hard thing to do, but it's a cool trick to know, right? And, and, and all sorts of other little variations. She's like, oh, this guy's got it. And there are so many men who are bad in bed. And like, if that triggers you, like, fuck, women, how dare they expect us to be? I'm just like, well, it's, it's a reality. Women usually take, you know, like 15, 20, 30 minutes to get really warmed up before they can really get into, into an immersion and, and come. And guys obviously can, you know, come in seconds or in minutes. And so there's a disparity there that if you're not able to maintain erections for like, you know, 15, 20 minutes at a time or be able to find variations, fingers, toys, and so on, and I can't satisfy her sexually, she will find it somewhere else, as you would too, right? Like, I mean, if your girlfriend's idea of sex was like jerking off with two fingers for 10 seconds and she's like, that's enough, would you stick around? Nah. So if the equivalent for the woman is like several minutes of average sex where she's like, I barely felt a thing and I'm still horny and he's fallen asleep, why would she stick around and why would you expect her to? Nah. We gotta, we gotta, you gotta do better than that, guys. You gotta be able to fuck her well and she should be fucking you well. This is a foundation for any type of long-term relationship. So there you have it, gentlemen little rant or a long rant about uh, the old juice not being worth the squeeze statement, which I don't agree with. And for the younger guys out there, I want to give you more encouragement, more hope. Put the politics aside. Deal with women one-on-one. Don't be a totally naive, nice guy. And or even do once. Like I was a naive, nice guy when I was a teenager. I wrote girls poems. I like fussed over and lamented over a girl who was dating some Chad, we didn't call him Chad, but you know, some cool dude or whatever. I spent months and months building up to try and ask a girl out who, who I found out later just gave a blowjob to some dude at a party or whatever. Like if you've done that once or twice in your life, it's fine. It's okay to be naive. Don't flip that and go, I'll hate women or be, you know, on the other side of this war with them. It's just like, oh, okay. I was naive with that girl. I'll not be naive with every woman in, in the future. 
And I'll also be open to them being good people or that they may wish to treat their man well if I treat her well and vice versa. They may be a kind and sexually open person like many people are and I can experience that by meeting them where they are with who they are as opposed to bringing not only my own baggage but the entire cultural baggage with me into the bedroom. That's not going to help at all. All right, gents, this has been James Marshall for a little off-the-cuff rant. Hope you liked it. We'll see you in the next video. Peace out. Thanks so much for listening to the Natural Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The The Natural Natural TV. TV. See you on the next episode.